Hello and welcome back to The Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is March 10th, 2019. This is the 58th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Nintendo uses Labo to tinker with VR, and EA will skip its E3 press conference in our headline roundup. Our main topic is the growing rumored future of the Xbox brand. And then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. Well, I hope you've been having a great week in games. Uh, I've personally been digging into Devil May Cry 5, like several others I know. If you want to know where I am in the game, uh, I am about to start Chapter 10, which if you've gotten that far, or if you could surmise, it's a pretty pivotal point in the story. It's about halfway through, uh, so it's it's about to get really good, and I'm really excited to get back to that. But of course, this weekend, and you know, Friday in particular, it's Marvel versus Capcom week, so I actually just came back from seeing Captain Marvel in theaters, and so... She's got a big weekend. Dante's got a big weekend. It's a it's a big time. But today on March 10th, even more importantly, it's Mario Day uh, for March 10th. So uh, just for today only, if you're listening in live, apologies if you're behind. But some of those never discounted Nintendo games with Mario in them are about what 20% off, 40% off. I think it's 40% off, like $20 off uh, less, especially for the digital prices. So Jump on that if you're hearing that or you're interested in that. But it's a big weekend. A lot has happened in the gaming industry. We'll get you caught up right here. Before we get to your calls, let's jump in with our headline roundup. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and especially with Jesse calling in and had a prediction there and definitely agreed with him there that Nintendo probably could use Labo to tinker with VR if they were so interested. Well, they've officially gone and done just that. On April 12th, ToyCon 04 will launch, and it's Nintendo's VR kit using Labo. Interestingly enough, Nintendo Labo first launched on April 20th, 2018, so it'll be almost a year later that they're tinkering around with sliding that Switch screen in a Google Cardboard-like goggles setup. But for the full kit, they will also be having different sort of cardboard setups. You can get the starter set with the the cardboard and the slide you can put it in there, along with a blaster cardboard setup for $40. But for $80, you get the full gamut, and that includes the two expansion sets, which on their own separately are $20 a piece. Expansion set one includes camera and elephant, while expansion set two includes bird and wind pedal. And you gotta imagine, you know, with camera and looking in VR, you definitely have people calling out for Pokemon Snap too. I mean, it's not gonna happen. Uh, They've gotta kind of tinker at the very bare bones in Labo first before they can start saying, hmm, could Metroid Prime 4 be a realistic possibility instead of just a pipe dream in the future? Um, But, you know, $40 is not a bad price point if that's something you're interested in. Now, granted, we've talked before in past episodes where uh, the 60 hertz screen, the 720p screen of the Switch on its own might not be the best as your first experience in VR, much less for kids. I mean, Nintendo must know what they're doing if they're putting this out there. But it's just, 
interesting to see. You know, we, we talked about the rumor kind of existed a couple weeks ago, and now it's here, April 12th, that VR kit will be coming. You know who's not going to be showing up big in June this year? Well, they, they claim they will, but EA has announced that they will have no E3 press conference this year at E3 2019. Now, they'll still have EA Play, which is their big, you know, consumer facing, everyone come down in, you know, downtown Los Angeles and play these EA games live. They're saying that's from June 7th through 9th. June 7th, by the way, is the Friday before all the expo festivities kick off. So that's certainly going to be interesting. If you're thinking about big EA games this year, I mean, gosh, already there was Anthem, which is struggling a bit. We'll get to that. And then Apex Legends, which is taking off like gangbusters. We'll get to that. So kind of at odds there, but there will also be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And that's already announced that it'll be showing that at Star Wars Experience in April. So we'll know a bit about that beforehand. So it's like, I almost wonder what big games EA will be showing this year at E3 2019, but they'll have to show it in some way or another. Of course, EA in this sense is joining Sony in skipping the E3 press conference. And you almost have to wonder who's going to follow. I mean, does Bethesda come back for another stage show after Fallout 76, can they even try to redeem that? I mean, they'll have, you know, Wolfenstein Youngblood, supposedly for this year, Doom Eternal, if that's still going to be for this year. So maybe they'll have some things to show. And I've got to imagine Square Enix uh, probably doesn't want to show another E3 press conference, especially when one of their big reveals last year was The Quiet Man. We'll just leave that there. But Microsoft is going to have a big showing. We know that possibly showing new consoles and then uh, Nintendo will have their direct, same as they always do. Ubisoft, I'd imagine, will also have a big presence, but E3 is gonna be kind of toned down this year, and it's just interesting to see EA follow Sony's route. I mean, uh, it's, it certainly could spell interesting things for that conference's future. So recently we've seen patents from Google about a controller, and we know Google's about to get into the video game sort of tech game, right, with you know, consoles and streaming and all that. But this is the first time we've seen patents for a controller. And I guess it looks pretty standard, I'd suppose, in a way, almost a little bit familiar or similar with Ouya. Uh, so take that for what you will. But then uh, Yanko Design decided to work up some renders for it. And there's definitely some mixed feelings going around on the internet. So take that for what you will. Uh, just remember that Google's GDC keynote is next Tuesday on March 19th. And the latest rumors from Spawnwave and Liam Robertson suggest that Google may be taking the two skew approach that we think Microsoft may be doing. They may get in that game first with the lower powered device that really handles the streaming end of games while a higher powered box tries to be its own console along with the streaming. Uh, also, they think that Sega may be a key software partner. So keep an eye on, on that, see how it develops over the next little bit of time. But the controller patent is now out there and we'll see if, if that holds its design for a final version. I mentioned Anthem earlier, it's been crashing PS4s this past week is one of the big stories with that game. And it's, it's just the continued unfortunate news headlines that come out about Anthem. I mean, after weak reviews and a possibly rushed product and we got people worrying about the future of Bioware. I, honestly, you know, for good reason, it's Anthem doesn't seem to be doing too well and it doesn't help when 
it's crashing PS4s and there are database rebuilding steps that need to be done on these PlayStation 4s. Uh, there were initially reports of bricking consoles, which is just like, you know, priority one, all hands on deck sort of deal. But EA says that they could not verify those reports. A patch is supposedly now out, but it doesn't make up for the week of poor headlines that Anthem has been receiving. On the opposite side of the EA spectrum, Apex Legends has hit 50 million players registered within a month. That's four weeks since it's launched. Uh, by that margin, you compare it to the success that Fortnite has been, uh, they hit 45 million players in 16 weeks. 45 million in four months for Fortnite, and then 50 million in one month for Apex. Can Apex continue this meteoric rise? We'll have to see, but it's it's challenging Fortnite in the sense that, you know, according to Twitch and the most played game of the month, I mean, Apex took that top spot by their metrics. There's competition there, which is always certainly interesting. There's been game movie news this week, which is always interesting. There's the leaked renders of Sonic the Hedgehog and, uh, yeah, there, there could be improvements made, certainly, uh, but that's out there. Uh, even rumors that, you know, a trailer may be coming within the next week. Uh, after all, Sega has their South by Southwest panel on Saturday. Uh, rumors out there right now that says Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise may be playing in the trailer. And boy, I kind of hope that's true because that would be something to watch. Uh, certainly interesting, for sure. Uh, these renders came from design agency Hamagami and Carol Inc. with TSSZ uh, doing some digging for some more. So uh, definitely interesting to see Sonic's design come out, especially when you compare it to uh, you know, Detective Pikachu and the trailers it's been getting and just kind of comparing the two. But then the headline was also out there that Oscar Isaac wants to play Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie. And he was doing a, a press junket for a, a Netflix a movie that he's a part of. Uh, and he's asked, you know, which role in a video game movie would you most want to play? And he throws out there eagerly, he wants to play Snake. Now, director Jordan Voigt-Roberts, who is, you know, on good terms with Kojima, knows a whole lot about the Metal Gear lore. Big fan. If you haven't heard him talk about the Metal Gear Solid movie, do yourself a favor. He did an interview recently, fascinating stuff, uh, but he's been on record saying that the casting hasn't started yet for the Metal Gear Solid movie, but in that sense, the ball's in Isaac's court if he wants to play that. And then just in a wrap up of the week in embargoes, uh, the reviews and of course launch for Devil May Cry 5, game's doing really well with like an 87 on Metacritic. Uh, so, you know, Capcom is back. You think of all the games with the RE engine, with Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, with the Resident Evil 2 remake, with Devil May Cry 5. I mean, and then you combine that with Monster Hunter World. I mean, Capcom is doing gangbusters right now as far as making great games. Also, preview embargoes are up for Sekiro, Shadows Died Twice, and Days Gone. If you want a good video for Sekiro previews, I'll link him in the show notes, but check out Vati Vidya's video. Uh, he's a really good Souls lore YouTuber, and so he has a really good insight, like a 15 minutes worth of footage on Sekiro. And then Days Gone previews are everywhere. It's interesting to see Jason Schreier from Kotaku kind of say it's, he called it like a triple-A ass game. In the sense that like, yeah, it doesn't do anything like astoundingly well, but it's like everything you think of with triple-A games 
is in here and it's fun to play. You think with Days Gone for a PS4 exclusive, maybe kind of sliding under the radar being compared to Last of Us Part 2. Uh, it sounds like it's trying to make it its own thing and a lot of different AAA open world mechanics in there, but generally positive previews coming in for Days Gone. So excited for that one on April 26th and then March 22nd for Sekiro. So that'll just be a couple weeks away here. Let's talk about the game and release date announcements that happened in the past week. Diablo is out now on PC uh, through GOG. Uh, they've talked about that other different, you know, old Blizzard games are gonna be coming through that service over time. Interestingly enough, Diablo 2 wasn't mentioned, which makes people wonder if a Diablo 2 remastered is on its way, much like a StarCraft remastered uh, appeared, whether it was like last year, something like that. So. Keep an eye on that if that happens. Turok is going to be coming to Nintendo Switch on March 18th, so very shortly. And Turok 2 uh, will be coming as well, but they haven't announced a release date yet for that on Nintendo Switch. Judgment, which is the Yakuza cross Ace Attorney kind of game, you know, set in the Yakuza universe. Uh, that's coming June 25th, very soon on PlayStation 4. I'm very excited for Judgment. This is also what's known as Judge Eyes in Japan. So check that out. Like, really interested to see that one uh, when that comes in a few months. That's crazy. Trine 4, The Nightmare Prince, arrives in fall 2019 on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It'll be $30. And if you haven't played any of the Trine games, they'll also be launching the Trine Ultimate Collection with all four games, also in fall 2019, for $50. Just something to keep in mind there. Killer Queen Black will become another cross-play game, uh, but not on PS4 yet. The game's already confirmed to be coming to Switch and PC in Q3. It's, you know, the, the classic multiplayer arcade game, but it just got announced for Xbox One in a Q4 launch with cross-play with those other three. And again, no PS4 yet, no friendliness there yet, but just something to keep in mind is, you know, Crossplay becomes more and more of a thing. And then Emily is away less than three. Uh, to be announced, release date on platforms to be announced. But this is an instant messaging sort of interaction series. Uh, if you haven't played Emily is Away, do yourself the favor. It definitely hits at that nostalgia sort of string for a different, uh, for you know the demographics that you or I may be a part of. This one seems to be going more towards Facebook and Facebook Messenger, which will be certainly interesting at the outset of that platform. But let's get to our main topic, uh, talking about the rumored future of the Xbox brand, because this is the third week in a row now that we've heard distinct rumors about what the future of the Xbox brand can be or could be. Uh, and this is mostly, oddly enough, coming from Brad Sams over at Thurot.com, who is a really renowned sort of Microsoft Windows insider. And I found it interesting to talk about this in particular this week because we've been touching on Nintendo topics and that's, that's great and all. But for Xbox in particular, I found it interesting that this was the week where I myself found myself in purchasing an Xbox One X. Now, if that's something that interests you, now is actually a really good time to do that. Uh, especially if you have a Microsoft store near you because they're taking in game console trade-ins to kind of knock down the value there. Uh, I have a 
Xbox One launch system with a Kinect sitting around. And I'm like, what can I do with this? Well, I can trade it into to get an X. I mean, that would work. And then Fallout 76 has this bundle, you know, white system, white and black, but I like the white console look myself. But knock it down from $500 to $400. Now, I'm, you know as well as I that I'm not going to touch that game at all. But if you're saying to knock down an Xbox One X by $100 and then a trade-in, I think I got $125 on the trade-in. You get at least $75 additional on the trade-in. To get an Xbox One X for under $300, absolutely sign me up. But I'm doing this in knowing what is kind of in store for the Xbox brand. And, you know, this is coming off of long-time rumors of Scarlet and the dual skew solution with the lower-priced box to get into the ecosystem with the Project X Cloud Streaming to really focus on that. And then they'll have the higher-priced uh, box, you know, the lower bundle being Lockhart, the higher bundle being Anaconda, those kind of keywords. Uh, even talk of at GDC, Microsoft may officially reveal their plans to bring Xbox Live framework to other devices, whether it's iOS, mobile, Switch even. But yeah, it's these past few weeks where there's the rumor of Game Pass coming to Switch and maybe even xCloud. And oh man, would that just be a game changer, right? Isn't that crazy? Oh, and then last week, maybe we'll hear about these new consoles at E3 2019 for release in fall 2020. Also part of the reason why I felt okay, kind of giving myself a little bit more time before those next gen boxes come out at the end of next year. And then even more recently than that, Xbox and PC, the storefront, they may be merging their backends together. Well, this week, we got even more rumors that kind of point towards that future that Microsoft is pointing to. It starts with the Xbox One S all digital version, which is apparently going to be announced in April and coming May 7th. This is the almost like vision, uh, again, rumored, but still the vision of the all digital box that Xbox One originally wanted to you know start with but there's always been hesitation especially with you know retailers and you know you want the shelf space for games absolutely but we're becoming more and more of a digital sort of game platform and a game industry as a whole of course a lot of people are pointing to this and say oh, it was the xbox one sad edition the s all digital <laughs> and it's, it's not the most clever thing in the world but you know it's it's certainly something that's out there uh Another rumor kind of pointing back to that Game Pass on Switch sort of thing and saying, yeah, that may not be happening in the near term. That's probably something that Microsoft and I would imagine Nintendo wants to happen in the long term, but maybe not so soon. Like there's still talk of I would be, you know, not be surprised to see Ori in the Blind Forest coming directly to Switch. There's certainly still talk of that going about, but not necessarily Game Pass, xCloud coming directly to Switch yet. So again, this is what happens with rumors. Things are subject to change. Different sources may say different things, but just keep in your mind of where Microsoft and the Xbox brand may be going. And then the big thing is what's happening with the Master Chief collection, uh, because there is the very likely possibility and the rumor that's going around right now is that in the near future, Master Chief Collection may come to PC. And again, it's it's kind of all this coming together with, you know, the storefront backend coming together. Could people, you know, just not necessarily be getting an Xbox One port of Master Chief Collection, but 
it's it's that game just running on PC simply because it's all Windows 10 in the end, like that whole vision coming together. Now, some people still want Halo Reach in their Master Chief collection, and I don't blame them. That would be a great thing to have, uh, which is all the more important why this coming Tuesday inside Xbox will have another episode. And this is their monthly Xbox Direct kind of sort of show. I think they have to pace them generally better. They kind of stretch the news out too much, but they're headlining it with the fact that you know, Master Chief Collection got some big news coming. Does that mean that it'll be this digital PC version available now, available sometime soon, or will it be that reach news? But keep an eye on that and other Xbox news. I just wanted to kind of recap where we are with Xbox rumors, tack on some more that we heard this week, and we're seeing that kind of digital streaming, but still having a powerful box coming you know, at the end of next year. I mean, the plans are still there. You can't abandon physical hardware entirely, uh, but it's just interesting to see. And all the more reason why, you know, for March 19th, does Google kind of jump the gun and get there first? That's going to be very interesting to see play out. Meanwhile, Switch continues to be a rampant success and, you know, they're going to tinker with VR a little bit. Maybe there'll be a Switch Lite sort of successor coming later this year to make it smaller, get the whole, instead of one per home, have it be more of a one per person device. And then PlayStation, I mean, my goodness, anyone's guess is you know as good as anyone else's, uh, but you have the backwards compatibility rumors where they're gonna go all the way back. PS1, two, three, four, all on five, and not necessarily just through uh, streaming there. So, but we have no idea if they're gonna wait end of this year for like a PSX to announce. PlayStation 5, or will it be February next year? Again, it's interesting to hear how many rumors are kind of floating out about Xbox, but Nintendo's staying tight-lipped, and Sony especially is staying tight-lipped, and it makes for a very fascinating games industry going forward. So that is what I have to say. When we come back, we will get to the callers. We can talk about the main topic, those game headlines, games you're playing recently, really anything is on the table. That's all when we come back here on The Power Switch. Welcome back to The Power Switch here on this Marvel versus Capcom plus Mario weekend. Certainly an interesting one in games. I'm actually going to a Marvel Cinematic Universe themed trivia night tonight. So all the more reason it's going to wrap up a very full weekend. Uh, just a lot of good stuff going on in, in games and nerd culture. It's an exciting time, but looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Joining us from Texas, Jesse, welcome back to the Power Switch. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in once again. Uh, you're right on a couple weeks ago with that Labo VR call. Nicely done. Uh, so good to have you here. What would you like to talk about today? Well, I'm just generally going to talk about some of the news this week. I'm mostly just trying to think about what could that Google console be? Like, do we know anything about it besides what it looks like? Yeah, see, I would have thought for a while that it's just like, oh, they're going to just have a box that it's really going to push the whole project stream sort of thing. But 
more and more people are talking and you know naming project metallurgy apparently is is the code word for this but it's it's sounding like from what these uh sources are saying that like they're pushing for at least another device to be faster than xbox one x try to be a next gen like box that pushes things game hardware is going to rely on on software right so I mean, they say maybe Sega is interested in jumping in, but I mean, does that mean like a big boss prediction is, you know, the next 3D Sonic game will be exclusive to the Google box and, you know, even further uh, for another prediction, like a key for prediction, they're going to remake one of the adventure games or it's going to be a sequel to eventually. Like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's hard to to say with that, but yeah, we don't know too much. Uh, but hopefully when they're doing a GDC keynote, hopefully they spill the beans there. That is interesting. I almost wonder, like, why at this period of time? Because, like, it doesn't seem like a market that anyone could just jump in on. I don't really see, like, what's too lucrative about that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the short answer, I think, is because they can, because they have the capital to do so. It's the right. same thing with when Microsoft jumped in with Xbox. I mean, they're making tons of money. Bill Gates, the richest person in the world because of PC. And now you have, I mean, it's the same with Amazon. Like, Amazon's another company that, ideally could be key to just jump in with their sort of fire hardware. They could just do another sort of streaming thing and they have the money clearly to do so, but it's a matter of, will they, uh, you know, Google makes sense. You saw those renders going around, uh, granted, I don't know about if the color positioning was just the guess of the person who was making that render up. But, uh, the one interesting thing that, you know, that patent noted is that, there would be a button for the Google Assistant. So it's like, you know, pressing that okay Google kind of thing. Uh, so you'd be able to do something with the box there. Uh, so that could be one differentiating factor. Uh, but yeah, I think if they can make the right partnerships, if they can, you know, basically front load the funding for whole games as exclusives, I mean, again, they, because they can. They, they can do so with all the money they've accumulated and, gosh, all the information, certainly. I'm just wondering how many people are actually going to buy it. What could they offer that would make it feel like something worth buying if you already have an Xbox One or a PS4? Making it a next-gen experience is definitely something that would help. Mm-hmm. But then you think about things like um, the 3DO. That had a lot of things going for it, too, but it didn't really sell. And they definitely have to price it right too, you know. I mean, if if they're going more than, gosh, you know, three fifty, four hundred bucks as a first time competitor in this space for their higher priced box, like that's almost pricing yourself out of the market. No one's gonna go. I mean, they were able to go with Xbox One, and for those that did, because they were invested in that architecture, invested in that ecosystem, and they knew the Xbox brand. So some people were willing to go for $500 for an Xbox one, uh, for Google right off the bat, uh, for a 450 or $500 box. That's not proven yet. Uh, but you know, it is promising when you look at project stream and the success that that was, and a lot of people reporting low latency, but then again, like that can be played through Chrome browsers and, and laptops. So people may already have that. Could that be, sufficient enough for them. It is very interesting to see, especially with the rumors of the higher priced box. I think it's probably going to be like a cousin of the Android OS. Mm, I can see that. I imagine it's going to have a similar look. It's already got similar buttons on this controller. Would not surprise me if 
some things on Android are going to get ported to it. But then again, things that use Android ports don't typically do very well. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is they're going to have to find the partnerships that really work for games. And I think they have enough people with enough ears to the ground to know what can make that successful. But you're right. I mean, Android can go everywhere. I mean, uh, one of the TVs I have has an Android OS there, so it can certainly work. I'm wondering if their content online is going to be, if they're going to keep an eye on it better than they keep an eye on what's on Android, because there's a lot of trash on Android. There's a lot of just copy, blatant copyright infringement, mm-hmm. among other things. Things that are looking to milk money out of children who have their parents' credit card. It's kind of disgusting at times, but if they're going to be acting like these other big-name console manufacturers, then they'd have to keep a better eye on that. Yeah, you'd certainly hope so, but that seems to be a big problem with all sorts of uh, you know publishers. I mean, Apple is no different. And Apple's another company that could certainly have the money to get into games and game hardware if they wanted to. Um, and even Valve. I mean, look yes, at... Yes, I was about to say yeah, Steam. I mean, like, that's, that's insane with, with that awful game that made headlines this week. Oh, God, terrible. You know, there should be a precedent for that. But then even Sony with PlayStation Network hasn't been the best with specifically curating that quality content. So, yes, I, w- I would agree in that I hope that they can do a better job with that, but there isn't necessarily the the format in place to be able to do that. I wonder if this is going to be something compatible with hardware that already exists. Like, um, is there a type of VR headset that Google is already working friendly with? Yeah, they uh, have their Daydream viewfinder, which is like a hundred dollar. Sometimes you see it discounted to like fifty, but it's a nice quality headset that you can slide phones into and so they have specific compatibility i mean especially it plays nicely with their google pixel line of phones uh that's something that i have but they even have something as cheap as google cardboard where it's like here we'll send you a cardboard and it's very labo like in a way so they don't have the specific you know oculus like all-in-one computing built in it's more they give you the physical framework and then rely on you to provide the tech in in the sense of a phone to slide in there. Right. I'm thinking devices like that are going to be important to get VR to become more mainstream because you got to find a way to get people to try it. And they try yeah. it, make them want something better. I don't think VR is going anywhere. I think VR is here to stay now. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get better. If there's a console that could just give a cheap way to do VR, which, kinda, which we just kind of found out that there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, if something that could do that for seriousness, not just a toy like I'm predicting with Labo, that could be a huge. Absolutely. And it's all going to depend on the games. I mean, devices like HTC Vive, like Oculus Rift, like PlayStation VR, have that slate of software to really make it a place that if you have the budget to do so, it's, it's a great place to play games. But with things like Google Daydream, Cardboard, Gear, VR, what have you, uh, and we'll see soon with Labo VR, there isn't that really must-play game space yet. And so we'll see what experiences Nintendo can provide as a starting sort of test kit, uh, because the must-play experiences certainly are not on uh, Gear VR or Google Daydream. I mean, they're a great Video experiences, if you want to, you know, YouTube videos or download videos directly, I mean, the video viewing, great, excellent. 
but the games, you know, they're they're basic, sure, but there's nothing must play there yet. And hopefully that's where Nintendo can change things. You know, I had an idea for like one of those Gear VR games. Mm-mm, what's that? The button for the Gear VR is on the side of the uh, shell. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what if someone just made a game where you play a Cyclops from the X-Men? <laughs> just shooting optic glass at people. That'd be awesome. Yeah, tie it in with the uh, Dark Phoenix release in what, June 7th? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Tying it all back into the Marvel versus Capcom weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the different sort of Labo setups that Nintendo is launching with this, it does make me wonder what the different kind of, uh, you know, applications can be uh, with that. I mean, there's the camera, there's the elephant, there's things like what the, what is it? The bird and wind pedal, Uh, certainly different applications there. And the blaster just makes you think of something like, uh, it's it's the, one of the little mini games, the attractions in Kingdom Hearts 3, where it's like emulating the Buzz Lightyear's wild ride, where it's like you're just sitting and it's like, all right, just just shoot at things like a gallery. <laughs> I mean, anything's possible there. I'm going to stick with my prediction that, yeah, it is going to be a toy, but something that will have like side games, like the way that the wheel also works with Mario Kart 8. Sure, sure. I think, I think there's a lot of potential there just to have cool, immersive side experiences with this thing. But we'll see what Nintendo does with it. I don't know. The lack of a head strap does limit it a little bit, but it should still make a fun toy without it. For sure. For sure. And I think at the end of the day, I think it's mostly just important that Nintendo learns from it. I mean, it'd be great if they say, hey, we're going to add Virtual Boy to the Nintendo you know, online the Switch Online there. Just add Virtual Boy games on top of that just for that. I mean, that'd be a great way to to reuse them. But I hope most of all they learn from this launch. And because, yeah, you can't put necessarily full-fledged games on this, but you can experiment with the technology, use some of the eye tracking. Uh, that can certainly work. Um, but yeah, see where it goes from there. They always have like these experiments. Like if you look at the Wii U, it started with this tablet and a lot of us felt like hmm, this could be used for like gaming on a console anywhere someday and now we have the switch and that's exactly what it is yeah switch was the perfect realization of that for sure yeah switch does feel a lot like an evolution of the wii u and i wonder if whatever comes after the switch will have aspects of this vr thing going for it um i'm interested in finding out what's going to be happening next with all this xbox stuff but i i don't really know enough to really make any predictions i'm my guess is as good as yours yeah that's certainly going to be interesting to see what happens um i think really e3 will be the best you know case of what's going to happen going forward i mean yeah if they do this all digital version thing next month and they announce that for may 7th that's fine uh, it hurts hits a certain market for sure but next gen is going to be where it's at in you know the next year and seeing where that all develops for sure and yeah everyone's got their part to play and if they're new players as well. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, anything you'd like to plug before you go? Well, last time I plugged original sound chat. So I think this, I think this week I'm going to plug smasher pieces with our friends, Toba and Grimace and Menace. Good show. They recently finished Rondo blood and right now they're working on Wario land. Yeah. They're playing uh, games that, are inspired by different Smash Brothers characters. Uh, at least one game per character that's tied to their history. Really interesting show. Go check that out on anandino.squarespace.com. 
Good show there, Smash Your Pieces. Well, Jesse, thanks so much for calling in. We'll see you next time. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can certainly do on our social media in the comments below. Uh, but of course, tune in. You know, we try to, you know, every Sunday afternoon, I try to be available here for you guys. If you want to tune in, join our, that Discord server over at rhymesathasia.com slash call. Let's talk about the games that are going to be coming out this week. We have Dissidia Final Fantasy NT Free Edition. That's the free-to-play version, Tuesday, March 12th on PS4 and PC. The Caligula Effect, Overdose, comes out on Tuesday, March 12th on PS4, Switch, and PC. Bombfall, one of those Nindy games, uh, the Switch Nindies, on Tuesday, March 12th on Nintendo Switch. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker Special Episode DLC launches Thursday, March 14th on Nintendo Switch. Tom Clancy's The Division 2, one of the big releases of the week, certainly, launches Friday, March 15th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And One Piece World Seeker launches Friday, March 15th on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you want a YouTube video to watch, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel Girlfriend Reviews yet, uh, I highly recommend it. I think a good starting point is their episode of The Last of Us. And the idea of girlfriend reviews isn't necessarily this is, oh, I'm a girlfriend and I'm reviewing this game from my perspective. It's she goes about it in addressing the review as this is, you know, the perspective of someone who's played these games. So she's like backseat viewing because her boyfriend's the big gamer, but she's kind of putting her humorous spin on it. It's a really well-produced channel and series, and I, I highly recommend it if you're interested for a new spin of game reviews. So that's Girlfriend Reviews on YouTube. Uh, you know, I started out when I first watched, I think, with their God of War episode, one of their first ones. Uh, but The Last of Us is another good in point there. I'd recommend that. So again, a big Marvel versus Capcom weekend. Uh, don't play Infinite. You go watch Captain Marvel in theaters. Go play Devil May Cry 5. I can't wait to get back to that myself. Uh, but hopefully you have a great time, whatever you play, even if it's outside of those experiences. So please stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, Game on.